Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week on Halloween, we're talking about the least scary Scream movie. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Here we are. I, I honestly, when we started planning out doing the Scream series, I didn't realize that the last one was going to be on Halloween, but it, it worked out quite this nicely. the last one. Well, I, like the last one we were doing in the series. The trilogy. The trilogy, yes. But, I mean, that's literally what we said when we <laughs> planned it, Revy. I know. I just forgot. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Hi, hi everyone. Hello. Um, we're talking about Scream 3. We're talking about Scream 3. We've talked about Scream, and we've talked about Scream 2. This is, is going to be a very interesting <laughs> so one. naturally, Scream 3 is next. Because me and Ravi drastically disagree on this movie. This might be, I think this might be the most our ratings have differed on a movie, like, this entire time we've covered movies on the podcast. Probably, I don't think I've ever seen a single person <laughs> give this movie what you have given it. No, I haven't I, I haven't seen anyone I follow give this movie a 5. So, it's it'll be interesting for sure. Um but yeah, we're going to go over the basic facts of Scream 3 um so you guys know what's up. Yeah. Alright, so again, we're talking about Scream 3, which came out in the year 2000. It is rated R. It's an hour and 56 minutes. This little IMDb description is, While Sydney and her friends visit the Hollywood set of Stab 3, the third film based on the Woodsboro murders, another ghost face killer rises to terrorize them. There you go. It's, ca- <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's cast features the likes of David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Leave Schreiber, I think is how you say his last I name. I believe so. Uh, Beth Toussaint. Toussaint? I don't know. Is it French or me? I'm guessing with the spelling. <laughs> Roger Jackson, <laughs> uh, Kelly Rutherford, uh, and and many 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 more many many more many many more <laughs> uh, it is still directed by Wes Craven Wes Craven and this one was written by Aaron Kruger very nice gone is Kevin Williamson gone is Kevin Williamson is kind of telling of how this movie is but you know yeah exactly <laughs> not in a, not in a bad way in a bad way <laughs> But yes, that that is the basic facts of Scream Three. That is all you, you need now. To know. You now know everything. You don't even have to watch the movie. You just listen to that. <laughs> you can tell your friends that you now know everything there is to know about Scream. Exactly. 3. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into what we thought of the movie. So, <laughs> Ravi, what did you think of Scream Three? What did I think of Scream Three? I, it's honestly one of the like the it might be the most fun I've had watching a slasher like in recent memory. It's it's just like an absolute blast. Um, I liked a lot of the character stuff in this one. I liked a lot of the story beats of this one. I like the mystery. I like the way it plays out. Um, I really love uh, Wes Craven's direction in this. He kind of feels like even more powerful than <laughs> previous installments in the Scream franchise. Um, I don't know. It's it's just like a, a really really fun ride. Um, I don't know. I I love the setting too. It's it's great. <laughs> I gave it a um, a five out of five. <laughs> okay, so I like this movie. I do. 
I gave it a three and a half. I was feeling positive towards it, but it almost makes me want to hate it the way he's talking about this movie because he's just wrong. I'm wrong. It is probably, no, it is definitely the weakest of the Scream trilogy. Uh, Most of its elements are completely paper thin compared to the first one and even to a lesser extent the second one. It feels like it has nothing to say for the franchise. It feels pretty unnecessary. It feels like it has nothing to do with any of these characters. It's just kind of stuff happening and probably the least interesting, least impactful kills of any of the series with a twist that doesn't really work for me. But it's still fun. Like, it's still a fun, fine-paced movie. It looks fine. The direction is fine. Oh, man, I love how it looks, dude. Revy, it looks so boring. I don't understand. I just love the way it's shot, man. What do you mean? It's shot like probably the most boring of the three movies. The, the way it uses space is like so much better than even something like Scream 2. I am, I am baffled by this. Uh, but I give, again, I give it a three and a half. I, I like this movie. I want to say that. Which I'm is gonna, still kind I'm, of a rare take, like, for Scream 3. I find a lot of people actively, like, dislike this. Yeah. I mean, there's good reason, Revy. There's good reason. <laughs> a lot of this just doesn't work well. I mean, but, it, it worked well for me. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to be very negative this episode just to try and counteract some of Robbie's positivity to Micah, this because this is insane to me. Just just to tell them your opinion. You don't, you don't have to be negative. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying my opinion is going to be very negative in comparison. I see, okay. Because I think you're wrong. <laughs> I see. But again, I liked the movie. It's it's a fine movie. As horror movies go, it's pretty a okay. <laughs> it doesn't it, like I said in my review. It's not even anywhere near as good for like the again for like the Kevin Williamson thing. It's not even anywhere near as good as I know what you did last summer. So like <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> Ruby, it's literally not. It's not as compelling characters. It's not a as compelling mystery. It's a completely different the animal. Kill, than... The kills are so much less interesting. <laughs> I think I know what you did last summer is funnier. What? No, no. <laughs> okay, I wanted to kick us off with a low stakes question. Um, what do you think of the cold open of this one? That we with the Scream franchise, we've gotten cold opens with least every interesting entry. cold open. You think it's the. Li- <sighs> least interesting cold open i think it's a really really fun way to like pick up where two leaves off honestly like starting out with cotton i was sad that cotton died but outside (laughs) of that least interesting like it's not that's what i'm saying this entire film is the least in my opinion filmmaking interesting to have a slasher movie i find i find the kills in this exceptionally boring that's so strange because it introduces the um, like voice changer uh, at the start of this, the, and it like it. I don't know. Since the like from the first kill, from the word go, I was very interested in where they were taking. See, and it. I find the voice changer so stupid. <laughs> what? It doesn't make any I sense. I think it's such a fun. And element. they don't even use it to that like good of anything in the movie. But I'm saying like the kill itself the kill is itself. really boring to me, like. It's it's not that interesting. I don't think they keep. I don't think they use the filmmaking, the camera, to, to convey any weight to anything. It is one of the weaker ones, I will say. But still, the way they use space and like, I, I don't know, the way the atmosphere is in the opening kill is really nice to me. Uh, but see, like, dude, I didn't. I feel like there's like no atmosphere what? compared to the first movie and the second movie. I don't know. Opening. There was there was a real sense of unease watching it. 
How? For me, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, like the second movie, I, I agree with what you have said. Like, that the kills in the second movie, we talked about this on the last episode on Scream 2. Skill, the, the skills, the kills in Scream 2 are also significantly less impactful than Scream. Scream mm-hmm. is the only one of this series so far that I think the kills are actually, like, scary. Um... And uh, <laughs> I scrunched my face up a little bit. <laughs> that's that's true. It's the truth. Like there's nothing <laughs> scary about the other two. But this but this movie, Scream Three, feels like it cares so much less about trying to get interesting kills in terms of like filmmaking wise. Like everything feels so flat and so like oh they're dead. That's, Moving on. That's interesting because I really like the way because yes, like the kills themselves aren't very spectacular like they would be in uh, Scream, like the original, but the settings themselves, like the settings that all of the like what do you kills mean happen. settings? It's his apartment. Well, yeah, you get Cotton's apartment, you get the the office, dude. You get in, the film in, in, set. in Scream Two, you get the cool movie theater set piece. That's true. Well, the cold open for Scream Two is like one of the best of like the 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 cold open for Scream Two is like the best part of Scream <laughs> yeah, Two. Yeah, it's what like I was, the best part. That's of what the I was gonna movie. say. The, the 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 cold opening is the best kill in Scream Two. But it, this cold opening does not compare in any way. <laughs> it, it, well, that's the thing. I argue that this this entry, Scream 3, is a completely different kind of slasher than the first two. And that's part of the reason it's more entertaining for me. Maybe that's part of the reason I, I was about like to say, it as much. It kind of drops the meta elements that have really defined the first two. And instead first has two. nothing to say and about it, anything it's, or its character. It's kind of becoming the very thing like Scream was criticizing in the first movie. Like, or at least commenting on, not necessarily criticizing. It's become like sort of a generic slasher film. And yeah. I think I think with Wes Craven's like direction and how great the cast is and how fun the script is, I think it's a masterpiece. I don't think I don't think the script is of being fun. A fun I, don't, slasher. I don't think I don't think it's that fun of a slasher because the kills are so boring and I don't like any of the characters. They have nothing they have literally feels like they have nothing to do with Dewey, Gale, or Sydney, and then all the other characters are extremely paper thin. You didn't like any of the actors for Stab? No. I mean, why would I? They're in, like, two scenes. They're fun. I loved, I loved the actress for Gale. Like, um, she was kind of funny sometimes, but, like, so her funny. character seemed super cliche to me. I don't know. I just... Maybe, maybe I'm watching too many bad horror movies this month. I watched, like, a crap ton of horror movies this month. Yeah, all, like, indie, low-budget <laughs> horror movies. You need to get some... But this rocks, dude. This I don't know. does not rock. It's the Carrie pretty Fisher good. cameo. The, see, the Carrie Fisher cameo great. was fun. But, like, this movie just... It doesn't carry any any thematic energy. It carries no thematic weight. It carries, it carries no... Like, I, I came out of this movie thinking, wow, that was completely pointless. That's so crazy to me. I don't know. I, f- I saw a lot of people um, when I was reading through reviews of this saying that they couldn't recall the plot like 10 minutes after. I mean, the I couldn't episode. like like I could barely recall the plot. I don't know, man. Like, like I, nothingness <laughs> happens for most of this movie. Kills that mean nothing with characters that we have zero connection to over and over leading to a mystery that does not have any good setup. And that's the thing. I, the plot itself isn't very good, but the scenes 
like it, it i don't know what, it, what am i trying to say here that it's like an experimental slasher masterpiece <laughs> i don't understand Ruby. i don't know what i'm trying to say here i'm saying yes it's not as thematically like punchy as the first two but i don't think it has to be to work to work at what to work at being like a fun good movie <laughs> 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 do, you, do you have another question? Sure. Gu- guide us back, my Since friend. I know you, what I know what you think of this already. Okay. But what do you think of the setting? <sighs> it's like a sip of my tea. AKA the most boring setting of the trilogy. I I love the setting of this movie. I think it's so much fun. I think it has way more personality than the setting of two. Um, not necessarily than one, because one is really fun. Um, and like the town and everything and all the different houses are a lot of fun in the first one. But I love like the, uh, the, the Hollywood set especially is a lot of fun. Like that's one of my favorite set pieces in this whole thing. Um, I like, um, the way the mystery plays out, like when it's set on the studio lot and everything. I like the like celebrity houses in LA. I think they, the architecture and everything is really fun to shoot in. Like one of my favorite sequences is, um... The one where uh, Patrick Warburton's character dies. Like, that whole entire sequence is so much fun. Like, with the fax machine and everything. It's it's so good. But, yeah, they're, they're, with the change of location to, like, Hollywood, L.A. and everything, you get a lot more, like, I guess, sprawling locations. And I think it lends to, I, I don't know, the kind of bigger more fun feel that I like about this movie, you know? Does that make any sense? I mean, I guess. <laughs> what, what do you think of the location, like, of the setting for Scream 3? I, I, think I think it rocks. I think it is fine. I think it does lend to some of the better elements of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I didn't even mention also, the mansion at the end. But it's also probably, in my opinion, the least... Yeah, the least what is the word that i'm looking for <laughs> um like, like like personal location interesting like i really feel like even even in two which again two and three are are much closer in quality than two and three to one in my opinion two and three are like fine movies two is pretty good like pretty good yeah and one is a masterpiece yeah um <laughs> but uh like you know in two, I feel like the college is a very, like, it's got a lot of personality, the location. Whereas this, I feel, I feel like this is just very bland for, like, it's just, wow, yeah, a Hollywood set. Like, I feel like it does not lend itself to understanding the geography of the movie, knowing where you are, and having stakes in the location. I feel like two still brings in because in the first one the stakes of the location were that they didn't know who the killer is and that it could be anyone in this very small town. Yeah, and you know, the friends, blah 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 blah, lots of mystery. Yeah, it's a much smaller scale movie. Than it's this a very is. personal small scale. Exactly. Movie. Two, you still have a lot of mystery in the fact that we don't know who it is. There are college students all around. It's very close and personal to the characters still, and we know the location, we know some of the geography. It's very, again, tight, but bigger. And then in this one, like you mentioned, it it takes place over a big Hollywood house. It's sprawling compared to the first It takes place over a Hollywood set. 
it takes place just tons of different places, and I, in my opinion, that's just not that interesting for this kind of a slasher. I think that's part of the reason, because like I said, well, I think the setting in terms of setting it in Hollywood and around a movie set brings the fact, like some of the more interesting things, like the mystery is, mm-hmm. is more interesting I when they're on the, the mystery, set. Yeah. But I think it plays to the fact that I find the horror elements and even the thrilling elements of the movie so much less engaging because... This huh. this location is just, it's just a location. There's nothing that feels personal about this in any way, even though, like, yeah, oh, it's, like, the movie set is, like, Woodsboro. But, like, that that feels stupid to me. That doesn't give me any tension <laughs> for any of the characters or any, like, mystery around, oh, is it this person? Is it this person? It could be any of these people walking around because you know it's probably not going to be. And, it, like, it just, it, it, it lends itself to being more boring location to location, in my opinion. I've, I'm not like, ooh, I can't wait to see what happens with all of these people in this house. I'm just like, <laughs> something's probably going to happen. I can, One of these I, actors I care nothing about <laughs> is probably going to die. Boo-hoo. I, I can see that as a complaint for some of, like, the houses and stuff, but I love like any of the stuff on the lot because anytime they can incorporate like the stab stuff is it's just like so much fun to me because especially like um the one killing in the offices is, is one of my favorites in this movie um just because of the way they use like the costuming and everything and the layout of it and the lighting it, it just i don't know it's a See, lot I of just, fun. I, I don't understand. Usually we usually we agree <laughs> on when something uses physical space well. I, I love just, the way this movie uses space. And I just don't space. feel like this uses physical space in any way interesting. <laughs> like, like describing that office skill, I remember the office skill very well. I yeah. cannot think of a single thing that was like, wow, they sure used that space well filmmaking-wise. I don't like, know. It's just I like, just... oh, he, he's, he's waiting. Then he pushes her on a cart. Oh, he stabs her through a window. Nice. <laughs> Is that all you got out of it, Mike? All I got out of it. That's a shame. I love the way it's shot. I just I don't. I don't. I just don't understand. It that. feels. It feels was, very claustrophobic. I this was the most no. no and it doesn't. You want to talk that claustro- kills specifically. You want to talk claustrophobic? Watch the first movie. No, the first one does the it. The cinematography is outstanding. The first, in the first one movie. feels like you said a lot more personal. Oh, well, I'm splashing tea everywhere. First one feels a lot more personal. But I like the way this one's shot too. Like, like I said, like I said, the first one feels a lot more personal, yeah. and then it's in its shooting, it feels a lot more manic and mm-hmm. scary and claustrophobic. Like I said, this one feels it feels a bit more elegant in this one. Like elegant, a, a bit bigger, a bit more flowy. It just feels more plain. It does not feel more <laughs> elegant. Flowy. There's nothing flowing in this movie. I don't know, man. There's like, um, especially near the end with the mansion and everything. Um, like, I, I believe there's some uses of like Dutch angles and stuff that was really good. There's like, I don't know, the pans and the pushes and dude, I was I was struggling end. to not stay on my phone during this oh movie. I, that's how that's how unengaged I was by this. I thought the ending set piece was a joke. What? I really hated. I really hated the whole. Oh, it's a big mansion, but it's got these secret passages. I hate that. What? I think it's so much fun that it takes place in like this labyrinthian mansion with like the secret screening room and everything. But it, I. I, I Okay, okay. I think I think I'll say this. I think just the biggest disconnect of this movie 
it all around throughout the entire thing that I just cannot get past. And it's part of what makes all of these in- elements so uninteresting to me is mm-hmm. I care nothing about Ghostface in this one. Really? I do not care who he is. His <laughs> mystery is not interesting. Dang. The reveal is so uninteresting to me. I hate how unset up it is in the series with something like that. You know, it is... I, I, I see a lot of complaints. Like, that was the most common it, complaint, it feel, actually, he for feels, this movie, He feels cheap. Was the reveal he, for this. His, his motivations feel stupid why is he killing random people on the cast like he doesn't even go after he doesn't he doesn't really go after gail dewey or sydney much he's just mostly killing random people on his own movie set why it doesn't make sense it it literally doesn't make sense yeah no i mean he is the weakest element of this movie because like you said he's just kind of poorly set up but i do like the idea of like his character as like a character for this it's a i think it's a great way to tr- tie it back to the rest of the trilogy i don't i, don't, I disagree like and i may and, and 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 like that's one of the reasons i find like even even the the, the mansion scene so uninteresting because just huh. this ghost face is completely uninteresting to me there's nothing i enjoy watching about this specific ghost face this is the equivalent of like somebody recording some random guy in a Halloween costume <laughs> killing people. Dang. Like, like I just feel as as ghost faces go, even the second one, which is significantly less than the first one, the second one still had me interested in Ghostface as a character. It's interesting. This one, I am completely uninterested in. I don't know. I I found like that part, like the guessing game, which has been a big part of like the first two scream movies like guessing who ghostface is going to be i thought that was really fun this time around because you had so many new players in the but movie. new players with nothing <laughs> like like nothing behind them the only one they even give any weight to the mystery would be the one detective guy and being that he's the only guy they give weight to the mystery in you know it's probably not going to be him <laughs> Like, like, it's not going to be Dewey, Gale, or Sydney, who are, like, the only characters that come over from this. Um, and, yeah. like, all of these actors and all of these people are just so paper thin. That's what I'm saying. And they don't even have anything interesting to do with our three carried over from the series. They kill, they kill Cotton off in the beginning, which he could have yeah. had something interesting to do in this movie. And then, like... We just have all of these people who I care nothing about getting killed by a killer I care nothing about. Man. And that's that's probably... Because while I may disagree with you on the elegance of the filmmaking of this, mm-hmm. I think it is fine. I think the direction is fine. It's not my favorite from Wes Craven by far in terms of direction. But like it's, it's a solid made movie in terms of filmmaking stuff. Yeah, it's a, a solid three and a half. <laughs> Darn. Um, but but uh, I think the reason I just feel so baffled by this, by your opinions on this, mm-hmm. is is that I have zero. Just that's like your main. And that is the core of why I feel just meh towards this movie is because I think the the core of the movie, the mystery and the kills are just so uninteresting, so weightless, so nothing for the series. And honestly, I I put in my review on Letterboxd, I actively dislike what the mystery does for the overarching series. Really? Why? I don't know. It feels very... 
like cheap yeah it feels cheap it doesn't it doesn't feel like it connects to any way to what we have in the first scream in any meaningful way hmm. i mean the same way i felt that the second movie was kind of like like honestly i do not like the fact that these sequels are here that much i mean as a sequel i think i think from the like looking at it from the perspective of a sequel to the scream franchise that is yeah those are easily its weakest elements because it doesn't have nearly as much to say as the first two does or do (laughs) rather um but like i don't know it's like removed from the context of the scream franchise would you enjoy it more no no i i genuinely find again the killer and the side cast, very, very uninteresting. Huh. I just had zero connection. Because I wasn't sitting here being, like, I wasn't sitting there watching it being like, hmm, yes, here's how this works all as a sequel. <laughs> like, I was trying to just, you know, take in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, save for some funny jokes, I didn't, like, get that much out of it. There was nothing special about this movie. That's wild. So, like, like again, it's a solid three and a half. Not one I would probably go to watch ever again. Um, okay, I, I have a question, Micah. Go for it. As the resident Scooby-Doo enthusiast. The resident Scooby-Doo enthusiast. I saw, it, I saw at least, like, four different people I follow compare this to a Scooby-Doo movie. Do you, do you think this is the most Scooby-Doo Scream has gotten? I would say it is the most Scooby-Doo <laughs> Scooby-Doo Scream has gotten. I would agree. Um, I, 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 can, I can see that comparison. <laughs> And I will say this, uh, that shows you how weak the mystery is in this. Because honestly, like most, Scooby-Doo, most like Scooby-Doo mysteries absolutely suck. And then and then we have a cast of characters that is not anywhere near as interesting as the Scooby-Doo gang. I don't nobody know, is in, Nobody is as interesting as one member of the Scooby-Doo gang in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. Just as an ensemble, they were such a joy to watch. I don't I don't understand that. What do you mean? They're so boring. Like, I loved the chemistry between all the cast. I loved, um, like, a lot of the comedic writing. I don't, I don't know. What... I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't understand why someone wouldn't have a good time with this movie, you know? Because it's boring. <laughs> it's unengaging. The characters are paper thin and it says nothing. There's nothing that... Like, like what, what are you latching on to? What is the takeaway of this movie? I have zero takeaway. I don't know. Like, just the general energy of this movie, like, entices me so much to it. Like, it just made me... I, I didn't want to look away. Like, it's amazing. I don't know. Again, I was struggling to stay off my the, phone because I needed to pay attention because I was going to review this movie the next day. I don't know. The tension in this one is the most tangible what it's tension? been for me. What tension? <laughs> what tension? It's the most tangible it's been for Where me. Where is the tension? Show me the tension. There is no tension. <laughs> I don't know. The kills in this were just a lot more like gripping to me than in the previous ones. What? And I can't. I Dude, don't... <laughs> Scream! S- Scream is the most gripping. I have. It is my favorite horror movie. It is the most gripping I have ever seen a kill be. And it is the. It feels the most weighty. It feels the most personal. It feels the most gripping and terrifying that I have ever seen a horror movie do, ever. And this is like this is like diet. This is like PG thirteen feeling <laughs> horror movies. Dang, I, I don't know, man. Just I, I think it also has to do with the setting for this. But like, I don't know. 
I, I wish I could describe it better. I don't understand at all that you would find the kills gripping, because, like, I find the kills so boring in this one, even compared to two. At least two, they still had some, like, like take Randy's death in two. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, they still try to be visceral with it. They still try and make it have weight when he's getting stabbed. And this literally almost every kill, except for maybe the last fight against Sydney, which I think I is stupid and drags on. <sighs> literally every kill is Ghostface comes up, they run for like a little bit, and then he stabs them. Like once. He stabs them once because this killer has zero motivation, zero reason to be killing his own cast members. And nothing to say. No, that is, it is a valid criticism, though, because I can't really come up with a good reason for him to be killing off the people that he is, honestly. Yeah, he had a good reason to threaten Dewey. Yes. Because he knew where Sydney was, and his whole goal was to get to Sydney. But literally... I mean, you could argue that he was just trying to escalate things. I was about to but say, but honestly, literally, other than being like, please show up, Sydney, which doesn't make any <laughs> sense, because you'd think, as a character, she would want to stay far away from another murderer. You know? The whole trauma stuff in her life. Um, and then, what I don't understand, too, is, like, she she's, like, she's isolated herself. Yeah. She's alone. Technically speaking, this is our main protagonist, even though she's not really the protagonist yeah, of this really movie, but she's our main one. serious protagonist. They yeah. want, they tried to have something to say about her more so than anyone else in this movie, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> they tried to have something to say about Sydney's character. Um, and at the beginning of this movie, they're like, oh, oh, she's, uh, she's isolated. This isn't good. She's isolated. She doesn't talk to anyone. She doesn't see anyone. She doesn't even use her real name. And I'm like, you know, that's pretty freaking valid. You think for, the movie's criticizing for what, that? For what she goes through. Yes, because what? because of how it ends, Rebby. Because of how the movie progresses. I think it's criticizing that. I think it thinks that is bad. Even though I feel like that is a logical place for her character to go after what she's been through. But then... After these killings, for some reason, she decides to come out to the movie set. And she's like, this is where I needed to be. The other places where it was, was bad. Uh, she, she pretty much says that. And then she puts herself in danger, doesn't do much to help. More people die, doesn't do much to help, isn't a one of the main characters. Uh, she vaguely helps solve the mystery, but not really. Um, and then at the end... After going through all of this, and the killer's like, I was actually coming for you, Sydney. I am your brother. <laughs> you That's don't. what it was like. Yes, that is exactly what it was like. He's so stupid. Um, and then she's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Let me shoot you again and again. And then somebody else will shoot you. And then somebody else will shoot you. And then somebody else will shoot you. He gets you. shot so and many times. And then somebody else will stab room. you. And then somebody else will shoot you. And, you know, he does nothing but get shot and stabbed for, like, 20 minutes straight. Um, it's glorious, and then, Mike. <laughs> and then, like... No, it's not. It's so stupid and boring. Um, and, and then the very, very end of the movie, we have several people. There now, now they're living with Sydney. D- David Arquette and Courtney Cox are now living with Sydney. Right. I was. I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, "What is that? Like they're watching over their child now." <laughs> Um, and they're they're all gathering around. <laughs> Mister Mister Detective Man is here too, and I thought that was. And fun. we have the thing 
Oh, yeah, and we've had these dreams with Sydney, these nightmares, because, again, she has been legitimately extremely traumatized. <laughs> I don't know why she right. came out to this movie set after the killings. I don't understand that as a character moment. And at the end, she leaves the door open, and she stares at it for a couple seconds. And the music builds, telling you that this is, like, thematic. This is this is a payoff of our thematic run. Well, this was intended to be the end of the franchise. I know, but I'm saying, again, this is a payoff of the... Not, a, not as a sequel, Ravi. <laughs> Looking at Sidney Prescott, the only character they give thematic weight throughout the entire movie, what her story is saying is... Like, what is this saying? That running to her, running to these two friends who are yet again tangled up in another murder series that will get her even more traumatized and become even less of feeling like a human being leads her to what? Being okay with leaving the door open because now she's not paranoid for some reason, even though this time she has even more reason to be paranoid because it turns out her mother isn't anything like what she thought she was, and she had a secret sibling who was trying to kill her. I don't know, but like now, how that, does that make her less paranoid? Now that the secret sibling is gone, she like I feel like most of her past has been uncovered. Like I, I don't know, I but felt... her past was never an issue per se. Like it was an issue by the fact that she was she was like, I mean that's what that's what spurs the like conflict of the first two screen movies and this one. Yes, but her past spurring the conflict in the first movie makes sense. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, it's kind of shaky, um, and then in this one, it's absolutely ridiculous. This isn't in her past. This is like a fanfic of of Sydney. <laughs> Somebody was like, what if she had a secret sibling and her mom was in the movies? I don't know. What I, are you talking about? I think the, I think like the exploitation stuff hits really well and like hits even harder in like the landscape since this has come out. No, the exploitation stuff as a message is good. I think it works really I don't well think, like it, thematically they get, they get, to this Dude, movie. the guy who's big exploitative man is in two <laughs> scenes. Why not make him more prevalent if that's what you want to say? That's not what this movie is saying. I don't know. He's kind of a looming force. In a this looming force. He's in two <laughs> scenes. Nobody talks about him. Nobody's like, oh, we gotta put out this movie for this guy. This guy's gonna be upset if we don't put out this movie. The actress, even the actress who slept with him to get the part, is never like, oh yeah, this guy. He does. She does not mention him. She's she's skittish. She's skittish, but she does not mention him at all. He is not a looming threat until the movie is like, oh yeah, this guy is bad. Um, I don't know. I think it works really well as, the, like, the crux of the movie. What crux? What is it saying? <laughs> what is the crux? What is it saying, Rabbit? You cannot say the crux of the movie. What is the takeaway of this movie? What is it trying to say? I mean, I don't know. I took it mostly as a message of how the movie industry, like, exploits people. Fine, but what does that have to do with the killer? With the killer? Yeah, what does that have to do with what happens in the movie? A killer murdering people on a movie set vaguely related to trying to get Sydney there. Vaguely having to do with her mom. Like, yes, he is there because her mom was exploited on yeah. the movie set. Correct. But what is that? What is that? So what? So what to the killer? What is he doing? What is what is he doing to get he is literally killing people on his own movie set. What is this like he's not sticking it to the man. He's trying to kill Sydney who has nothing know. to do with the movie industry. 
<laughs> I don't know. I wish I had a better. I wish I had a better like argument for this. But I, I I legitimately if, don't know how. That's to what I'm saying. But like, explain it. Like Scream Two, it feels like there are two elements of this movie, but both, unlike Scream Two, are extremely underdeveloped. There's nothing that any of these makes sense to be combined for the Sydney stuff and the movie industry stuff. I, I think know. this movie could be very interesting if it was completely cut, cut Dewey, cut Sydney, cut Gale. I do not care. They had pretty good endings in Scream 2. Cut them from the movie. Make this about a Hollywood set doing Stab 3. Make it about the exploitation of the film industry. Do cool stuff with that i think it ties well like into i think they mesh well like the two sides that you're talking about but they don't they make no sense together they literally make no sense as a story together i don't know i like like even even in scream (laughs) 2 the elements were pulling against each other but it still made more sense for them to be together in one story they tied them together to make sense well this literally does not make sense once you know what the mystery is. I don't know. I wish I wish I could explain it better. You make me sad, Micah. You're, you're flexing your film uh, analysis and criticism <laughs> skills on me. I'm like, movie fun and good, and I don't have much to add outside of that. I'm sorry. I, I'm not. <laughs> listen, listen. Again, I... The only reason I am being as overly, overtly negative as I am is I just do not understand thinking that this could be the best one of the series. I don't, I don't think it's the best or, one. Or, like, the favorite it's of the series. It's my favorite. Like, it, it just feels aggressively like the weakest of the series to me. Even compared to 2, which I think it's pretty close in quality to 2. 2 and 3 are pretty close in quality. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're fine movies. They're fun. I mean, I, I rated two higher than you, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. I gave, I gave two, I think, a four, and I think you gave yeah, it a I gave four, it a and, four a half. and a half. So yeah, I gave two a four, and this a three and a half. I think they're pretty closely related. I think three is a bit more messy and less punchy than two, even. I don't know. I want to give, give this one another rewatch and try and pay closer attention to the theming, because you're right. Like, it doesn't... <sighs> Like, looking back on it, I can't draw, like, a straight line between any of the thematic, like, elements. Yeah, I thought, I thought like, the, like, like... Which is, which is a criticism. I thought it, the, sure. the, the exploitation Hollywood stuff is, is a fine inclusion. I think it I think makes for a great, I think that's a like, great motivation for the killer to take and everything. The pl- like, but, but it just does not make sense. You don't think why it works? is he killing, why is he killing people on his own movie? Why is he a director if he hates Hollywood so much? Why is any of this happening in the way that it is? I mean, he doesn't hate Hollywood. Why doesn't he hate Hollywood? (laughs) Why does he blame Sydney for some reason for these problems? Well, because it's like a Lotso situation, Micah. (laughs) In a a very roundabout way. Then why is he killing people on his own movie set? I don't know. I wish I had a better answer to that question because that's going to bug me. Most now. most of the kills are just of the cast members of Stab 3. Not only that, but in order of how they're doing it in Stab 3 as as if they're trying to do a Scream 2 thing yeah. where the killer and that was following the order of people of the actual killing. You know, random connections and name yeah. to the actual ki- that was that was something. You know, that was something. <laughs> this he is literally just like 
Like, I cannot understand, after watching the movie, why he was killing the people he was killing. Yeah, no, the only reason I can think of, like, just after one viewing of the movie is just to lure Sydney out. But that does not make... It makes sense killing Cotton to lure Sydney Yeah, I was out. about to say, Cotton makes a but lot of sense But none of the rest that. of the killings do. Yeah. Because, like, why does she... I feel like... Like, Cotton dying... I feel like, honestly, he could have just killed Cotton and then hoped Sydney would come out for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what is he doing? Why is he killing more and more people? Is he just hoping that she will be enticed to the mystery? I don't know. I mean, it worked, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, but I think Sydney's... <laughs> like, I think I think all of the previous characters act kind of stupid in this one. Really? Yeah. I like... I actually really like um, the direction they took Dewey and Gale for this I one. Think, I think... I think Gail is much less interesting of a character Which than is so the second weird, one. Because this is my favorite movie for her. She has besides nothing, maybe she has, the first she has one. nothing to do. What is she doing in this? I don't know. I think <sighs> she's just she she has some jokes with fake Gail. <laughs> the fake Gail bit is good, but I I really like her stuff with Dewey in this one. Like their dynamic in this movie. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Because, like, their dynamic is fine. It's I don't even think it's as interesting to watch as 2, because 2 had tension with it. This one, they're just like, the, you know, they had the weight of the first movie mm-hmm. to go off of in 2. No, that's true. This one, they have the weight of the second movie, which is extremely more goofy than the first movie. And they have nothing to say. They no, nothing... it's, the romance isn't nearly as, like compelling as it is in two because that's one of the strongest elements of two in my eyes but i don't know i i just really enjoy it i i, I don't know i just really enjoy this movie like uh i just and that's fine you know what can i do i can't i don't want to stop you from enjoying a movie i just don't understand no i just i i don't know i wish i could articulate why it brings me so much joy like all of the different moments in this movie and that's the thing like i in my mind i'm like i view this movie as like a string of really fantastically directed scenes like as a cohesive text especially which that's one of the strongest elements of the scream franchise is kevin williamson's screenwriting in the first two movies they're fantastic they're great they're layered they have a lot to say this one does not lean on those strengths very much at all it's not as thematically coherent it's not as smartly written but i think it's it's energy it's cast it's lighting it's production design the setting everything that doesn't work like it, it the the elements that don't work in this movie are the ones that do work in the previous scream movies but they ramp up the rest of the stuff enough that i think it's still a, like an absolute blast but i don't to think watch. i don't think any of the elements filmmaking wise or setting wise even compare to the first one i mean it's a completely different thing yeah but i'm just saying out of enjoyment or wow. engagement or filmmaking i don't think they i don't think they compare i don't know man maybe maybe i'm losing my mind maybe i need to watch scream again and be like oh no i was completely wrong this uses uh like the cinematography and direction a lot better than Scream. i think no i think that's one of the strong i think that's the strongest i've ever seen wes craven is in scream i don't know he just it's kind of like i i compared the ending of this to parasite actually like in direction which you you like grimaced when i said that um (laughs) but i don't know it 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 feels like he's gained a real sense of 
like I said, elegance. Dude, dude, okay, okay, one. I see, and, I, and I'll disagree with this, because I love, I love the elegance of the camera movements in Parasite, and there are mm-hmm. several other movies that I've been like, yes, this feels, and, and you know, you, you know this about me, that, yeah. that I love the elegance of the camera I mean, in the Parasite. Scream 3 of, is no Parasite. That's one of my favorite parts of the of, of Parasite is the elegance of the camera yeah. and the, the It's arguably its best thing, the best like, thing about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like just the camera is brilliant in yeah. Parasite. And I never once, while watching this movie, thought anything of, wow, this is elegant, this is flowy, this is tight, this is using its geography in an interesting way in terms of shooting. It just... It's very plain. It's very simple. I don't know. I love the energy of this. Like, I love the energy of the way everything is shot. It's, I don't know. It's it's very captivating to me. Like, I maybe maybe my brain is broken. Maybe you're, I think you watched too many bad <laughs> watched too many movies. bad movies. I don't know. I love the way the camera like flows around. I love the. Like the last, hands and the last uh, and... half looking, like half good looking movie Robbie watched was Deadstream, which is like a found footage movie. And he's like, "What? How are movies shot again? How are movies supposed to work? <laughs> oh, oh, we have we have some basic cinematography. <laughs> this is good stuff. Reminds me of Parasite. <laughs> no, it, during the end mansion scene, it did remind me of Parasite. And I don't know. May, maybe I'm like, maybe I'm wrong for this, but. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't picture but it. But it, it reminds me of, like, going from, like, early Spielberg to later Spielberg. Not, like, recent Spielberg, but, like, you know, like, when he was at the peak of his power, that's what this feels like for Wes Craven. It feels like he's become a lot more mature as a director in this one. It feels a lot more, like, controlled and, I, I don't know, it feels a lot more intentional in its direction than the first one does to me. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dude, you don't get something as visceral and gripping as Scream and its cinematography and direction without very, very much intentionality. I mean, like I said, it, it's a different, like, Scream 3 is a different kind of slasher than Scream is. I, I understand that, but yeah. I'm saying on a technical filmmaking level, I think you have to have way more skill, talent, and intentionality to pull off something like how Scream is made versus something how Scream 3 is made. I, I mean, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't say that it necessarily takes, like, more talent. I, it's a, just a different style of, like, or, or no, like, a different direction for the movie to go in. Because you wouldn't direct something, like, a script like Scream 3 the way you would yes, Scream. No, I understand that. And I I'm think, saying I'm saying I think Wes Craven's sensibilities as a director fits this a bit better than Scream, like the first one. I've never, I, again, <laughs> I've never seen another movie tackle horror in the way Scream does. It does it in such an effective, cool way. I mean, yeah, but... It's visually engaging throughout. We we literally spent like 30 minutes on our Scream episode <laughs> talking about how engaging the no, motion is. No, it is amazing. It's great. I love the way that movie is shot. I'm just saying, I think this one is just as good. Like, in, but it's, it's so in the way boring. It's, direction. I... it's so boring. It's so plain. But I didn't find this it is so. This is... This is you just, think it's plain? Yes, this is as plain as any old horror movie no, you'll find. No, it is. It is. <laughs> it is fine cinematography. It looks fine, but it, like like it's 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 not bad in any way. But it is not anything special. I thought Dang. nothing special about the cinematography. In I this. love the way they shoot interiors in this. What do you mean? They? I don't get it. They just shoot them very plainly. <laughs> it's just normal coverage of an interior. 
heck? I thought some of these spot, like some of the shots in this looked cheap. Like I thought they were just like pointing the camera at some point. Man, like I just, I don't know. That that's that's literally half like the reason that I loved this so much while I, I was watching it. It's just the way it's shot. I don't and get directed. it. I don't get it. <laughs> And that's what I don't I don't understand, you know. But that's fine. We disagree. Okay, okay. Uh, since, since we have been uh, kind of going on about this for a while, I wanted to ask another question. Um, what did you think of the Randy cameo? Because I've seen pretty much universal love for the Randy cameo I, in this. Really, that's yeah. shocking. Because I think the Randy, most of the people I follow. I think the Randy cameo is really stupid. You think it's dumb? I think it's dumb, and I think kind of similarly to the second one, his rules add nothing to the movie. It has nothing to say, and it literally does not matter for the movie at all. His rules do not apply to the movie. It does not follow. What? It does not follow his rules. They apply a lot more than two's rules do. It does, the not follow, it does not matter. <laughs> and he has... It's, it's really weird tonally for Randy. Like, like not ca- the character, but, like, for him to be here like this is weird tonally. You think so? Yeah, like, why why he recorded it like that, I don't know. I do not like it. Huh. I did not get good vibes from the Randy <laughs> recording, and I thought it's... <laughs> like, it's, like, bad vibes. And I thought it was kind of pointless to be on here because like you said this is very different this is nothing metatextually to say i was about to say i think at i think screen three boils down to just being a fun hollywood slasher like with not that much to say so i feel outside of it's like vague criticism of exploitation and sexual harassment in hollywood like that that's really i think the most it really delves much into its meat besides like obviously um like trauma and everything from Sydney's past and everything like that, like with her mom and everything. I, I I don't know. I liked the mom stuff in this quite a bit. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just not like as big of a fan of Sydney's stuff in two. And maybe I'm just coming off of that, but I, I actually really liked the way they okay, I pulled up his rules. went with Sydney's, um, like plot line. I pulled, in this. Up, I pulled up his rules. <laughs> the rules of One, the trilogy. You got a killer who's superhuman. Yeah, which you get no, that. No, no. <laughs> the only reason it is is because he mentioned that. The only reason it is is because Randy said that in the movie. Because he has no reason to get back up after getting shot and stabbed. He's literally. That's literally just well, a. They introduce the bulletproof vest and everything in this, that, which makes him a lot harder to Sydney kill. But Sydney literally the also has a bulletproof vest. Well, yeah, it literally but... is nothing, Remy. That does not work. Okay, but I'm not counting that as like two. That no. Anyone including anyone including the main character can die. This means you, Sid. Uh, outside of outside of Cotton, who is not one of really the main characters, none of the main characters are threatened at all in this. I think. I, I thought they felt a lot more vulnerable in this one because they kill Cotton, like, right at the beginning. But maybe, I don't know, maybe, like I said, maybe I'm, my brain is broken or something. Number three, <laughs> the past will come back to bite you, which, yeah. which it does. Yeah. But the past stuff is so stupid. I think that's the <laughs> stupidest part of how this is written. Like, it's, it. I think the past stuff is so stupid. Again, like, oh, the mom is, the mom You didn't was, like the, the mom, mom was stuff? in movies. Oh, and she had, she was, she had a secret child. Stupid. I hate it. You don't think... <sighs> it means nothing to the Sydney and her story of the previous two movies. It's literally... It means nothing. 
There's nothing outside of stab being a thing in the second movie that has anything to do with like movie making in the series. Like it has obviously movies have been a are, are like the key element of the Scream series. Yeah, everything about them is about movies. But in the first one, it's about how teenagers specifically use movies and media to connect with their trauma yeah which is a very cool thing to to i was about to say that's what makes scream so brilliant um and that has nothing to do with oh my mom was secretly a hollywood extra essentially (laughs) i i don't know i i want to watch again this is why i always try and watch movies a second time before we do them on the podcast because then I can sort of form a semi-cohesive argument so, yeah, for it. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought Randy's inclusion was kind of gimmicky and stupid. It is a bit gimmicky, but I do like it. I, th- I like it a lot better than, like, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't like the Randy stuff from 2 that much, which he is Randy, really... Randy in 2 is, like, the most interesting no, thing he happening is really in 2. <laughs> but I felt like he was doing, like, the sequel stuff, like, uh, all of the metatextual well, sequel I... stuff out of more obligation well, to the first movie than... Well, again, I said we said that in Scream 2. That's yeah. one of the things that doesn't work in Scream 2 is that its metatextual stuff does not work because it's pulling itself in two different directions. If yeah. Randy was the main character of the second one, it probably would have worked a lot more. But in this one, there is no reason to have any metatextual stuff because there is nothing metatextual about this movie. I mean, I wouldn't say nothing metatextual. It tries to frame the whole ghost face thing like my life is a movie for real. Like, that's... It, that's literally his whole thing. It tries to frame a lot of the stuff that he does, like as his movie. You know, if that does that make sense, what I'm saying right now. <laughs> it makes quote unquote no, that... sense, but I do not think it's good. Okay, I thought it worked pretty well. Cause yeah, like he's like, oh, I want to make my own movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we got Detective Man. He's like, my life is a movie. Ah, my life is my favorite. Story scary movie and sitting here like me too <laughs> me too and but i don't but i don't think i don't think that holds any weight I don't you didn't think, like that i don't think that holds any weight and i don't understand i, I don't understand the killer at all hmm. like uh, he wanted to make his own movie he was he was actually making a movie um and he's like oh i finally did it i made i made my movie yeah and like what did you do, man? You killed a bunch of random Hollywood actors and then got killed by Sidney Prescott. I mean, that he says that bef- like when he's going to kill Sidney, right? Like right before? No, I was pretty sure he said that right before he like died, died. Like when he's talking oh. to Sidney. Well, that that does change things. I, that's what I, I could be wrong about this. I thought he was saying it like right before he was killed, but you know, I could be wrong. <laughs> Like I said, this is. A, I wish I would have watched the movie. Again. Like I said, and his little popping up again just because of <laughs> Randy's stupid rules, I thought was so annoying. I don't know. Like he's I the it was he's fun. he's the lamest of any of the ghost faces. So why is he doing this? I like I like his ghost face better than two. It doesn't make as much sense for sure. Like I, the I ghost face is just scarier than two. I, I don't know. I, I will say I, I think maybe the like voice changer thing gives me a bias to like it more because I think that's such a fun like element in this movie. 
But I think it's used to not much interesting effect. Really? The, the characters never figure anything out with that until it's just revealed. So it's not used to any fun, like, build on the mystery. They don't, like, realize, like, oh, somebody's faking our voices, so then, like, every phone call is, like, this tension. But see, rich. that's the thing. We know that someone is faking the voices. That's part of what made, um, like, those scenes, is like, the office killing and everything a lot more interesting to me. Because we know that it's not, like the real person yeah, but, but i don't care about you know? these people <laughs> i just don't i so. thought i thought that was such a fun like way to up the stakes like even just on the phone calls like and everything i i, I thought know. it was great I didn't, think, I didn't think they were used to any interesting effect especially being that every phone call he used a fake voice almost uh he like dropped the voice halfway through <laughs> i mean yeah but that was like to ramp up the tension right before the kills usually I don't know, man. It just... I will say, Roger L. Jackson, like, the real MVP of the Scream franchise, honestly, he voiced uh, Ghostface he's in got, all of the he's movies. He's got the best voice. He's got, like, one of the best voices <laughs> ever, I think. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought they used it in a very gimmicky way for the voice changer. That's there was fair. nothing... There was but nothing... I, I think, like... could have... They could have tied it into as part to make this ghost face unique and interesting, but instead it just feels like it was slapped onto him because really? he's not using it to these people. He would have killed them just the same. The only time he gets he, he uses it in he some he uses it to the, lure uh, people. Was, yeah. No, the only time he uses That's it what in makes some unique, interesting yeah. interesting way is to really get gale and dewey there because i don't care that he lured what's her face to the office he could have just asked what's her face to go to the office like like it doesn't make sense it, it like like literally it okay la- they last use it, they use it for nothing but a gimmick and it does not make any sense even as technology i mean yeah no it doesn't make any sense as technology but it doesn't have to micah it's a movie it's <laughs> But I, I, there was one last like topic that I wanted to cover before okay. we moved on. Um, since Kevin Williamson, we we've previously praised his screenwriting and his he is style greatly a lot. Missed. He he, like I said, this movie takes a completely different direction with the absence of him as the screenwriter. He's greatly missed. You don't like you don't like the new direction because like his his screenplays brought such an interesting he always, voice he knows how to write an interesting and engaging slasher yeah. mystery yeah i i think he knows how to write young adults really really well and that's I, always and been I like think, his big strength like, to me yeah and i feel like the characters are nothing in this like i think this is the least interesting from every single character in this movie yeah i mean i would probably agree so so yeah no I I very much but miss I like him. I don't know I like the screenplay like I said because it's not it's not as character focused but it is a lot more it, it, I don't know it's how not to a, it's not it, as but... character focused the mystery works less than any of the rest and the killer makes no sense so I don't understand why don't you know. like the screenplay I I love maybe I just like the setting too much I think you like the setting too much I love the setting of this movie I love the way um, it's paced I love the way it's structured. I don't know. I just I I think even though it is not like it's decidedly not a Kevin Williamson screenplay and it's not even trying to be, I I think I respect it for that. You know, like they t- they didn't have Kevin write this one. I respect it for being worse than the other. <laughs> no, movies. I respect it for going in a new direction. 
it, and failing. <laughs> I think it's, I think it really I think it really works. I don't know. I and I disagree. I think it works a mediocre amount of level. I think it is fine, pretty fun, it's funny so sometimes. Fun. It's so funny. It's, it's my still God. it's still well paced. It's still like like I said. It's, it's still such has, an enjoyable movie. But it's not. <laughs> it, it's not. Uh, like no, it is, is. It is like if you're viewing it from the same. Like, if you're trying to critique it for the same elements that you would praise the first two for, then yes, it seems to fall flat. But even on its own, Ravi. But that's I what think I'm saying. I don't know. I think that's it what succeeds enough in other areas that I it think succeeds it works. enough to be a mediocre horror movie. <laughs> pretty good. It is pretty good. I gave it a three and a half. That is. Yeah, I it think, did something. I don't know. I think it's like a masterwork of like the fun slash. I don't think genre. anything in this can be is. described as a masterwork. <laughs> I think this is the sloppiest from any from all of the filmmaking sides. <laughs> you make me sad. I I want other people to, to share my enjoyment. <laughs> Ravi, I've never seen somebody give Scream Three as high as I you. I need someone. I need someone more articulate than me to describe why Scream Three is great. But I've never seen anybody else say Scream Three is great. I need. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on YouTube and search every Scream Three review until I find someone who agrees with me. It'd be like proof. Oh, uh, I'm correct. A lot of people I know of think this or four are the worst of the entire series. I just. I don't know. Like even even yes, there are very much valid criticisms of. This this movie like we like mike has talked about like a bunch this episode which i do agree with i think they are really valid criticisms of it i still gave it a perfect score obviously so they weren't like that big of a problem for me they didn't detract <laughs> that much of the movie for me you know but i i don't know i can't see not enjoying this movie on some level it's just such a fun like i slasher. gave it i gave it a three and a half no 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 i'm not saying i you. think i think that is a well deserved <laughs> rating yeah i was about to say just the sheer amount of like joy and like just the sheer amount of cinematic joy i get from watching this movie is enough to constitute a five for me but, i think it's i think it's great but i totally understand where most people are coming from when they give this lower i just i don't know i can't see being bored during this movie that that's what doesn't make sense to me. i was bored during this movie <laughs> and and again like take something like taylor williams who who did not Very, like it every yeah. he, he talks about how everything feels um uninventive and surface level with no commentary and dumb horror characters that's exactly how i feel about it and i mean like i agree but i think the movie works for other reasons <laughs> i did that uh, I don't know what to tell you. I, like, I, I very much understand why people dislike this movie a lot. And I think it's I think it's pretty okay, because I think there are a lot of things that work in it, but just such surface-level things. You dig into anything in this movie, and I think it's either worse than one of the previous installments, or actively does not make sense. I mean, I guess, like I said, I can't really articulate why I love this movie, and it makes me sad, because I want more people to get enjoyment out of this. Use use my five stars as an excuse to watch it and enjoy it, Look at, uh, is what in, I say. In, in the biggest detractor of all enjoyment <laughs> is Courtney Cox hair in this. <laughs> I the, saw so many people The worst thing in the world. Who, 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 is, who is on costumes, makeup, and hair, and all that? I they, think it's so funny. They should I don't be know. fired. <laughs> I don't that know. is the worst hair I've ever seen. I think it's hilarious. That's because, like, all of the, um... 
<laughs> all of the characters look actively worse than right. in this movie than they what do is, in the other what is up, well, Actually, I think Sydney looks fine. Sydney, I don't know, man. <laughs> The cost her costuming in this is weird. It's a little funky. This is the costume costume guy who did trimmers. <laughs> Wait, and, trimmers like the trimmers yeah, and the oh, Muppets. Oh no! And so yeah, we have the we have the person who did trimmers, and then like two people who have not worked on much else that on the costume sense. department. One of them has has worked on the 2011 Muppets, and the other one has worked on literally one other movie. That does not look very well costumed. <laughs> okay, okay, we've we've gone on for quite a while now. Yes, I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna try and sum up why I like Scream Three so much, if I can. Go for it. Okay, Scream Three takes the Scream franchise in a new direction, a boring direction, <laughs> which I think is a lot of fun. It's it's more in my taste in movies, in slashers anyway. Um, I think the cast works really well, but they don't. I like the chemistry. I like um, how natural a lot of the jokes feel. I like how fun and, I, I don't know, just the energy of the setting a lot. I like the tension. I like the way they use the unique elements of Ghostface in this one to ramp up the tension. I like Sydney's arc in this. I like Dewey's arc in this. Um, and I, I don't know, I really just have a blast while watching it. I like the way it's shot. Um, I love the final set piece. I like the set piece of the movie set. Um, I think it pays, I, I don't know, it, it interacts with the canon of the series in a very interesting way. And I found it to be very enjoyable to watch. But yes, that, that is what, those are the reasons I love Scream 3 so much. <laughs> what, do you, why do you, what do you think of Scream 3, Micah, if you had to sum it up? If I had to sum it up, I would say it is, on a, on the whole, a pretty fine horror movie with yeah. very uninteresting elements that lend it to be something that I would probably never watch again. And especially outside of connection to the Scream franchise, I would probably look even worse upon it because I just, oh. I like, I like the Scream franchise. I like Stab. I like Ghostface design. I like, so I, I like the Scream series as a concept. But this one is just offering nothing for me to chew on, nothing for me to enjoy. It makes me not want there to be another Scream movie, essentially. And it makes me just want to go back and watch the first one. Because, again, while none of the elements are, like, aggressively the worst, I feel like the movie actively feels significantly cheaper than the series deserves. And that makes me sad. I do not like that. Um, so, yeah, not one I will probably ever try to revisit. Um <sighs> And uh, it, it, my least favorite of the series, definitely. You know, it's funny that you say that because the moment this one ended, I'm like, I want to rewatch it like over and over again. It's just, I don't I know. I don't get it. I don't understand that. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I don't like, get it. <laughs> anyway, that's what we thought of Scream. Again, I gave it a three and a half. I was super critical on this one just to combat his craziness. <laughs> Um, I, I, I agree. This with, really highlights my weakness as a film critic, which I don't want to be a film critic. And we started a film criticism podcast. I see. And I've been trying to get better. Exactly. I was about to say, I started a YouTube you've, channel. You've gotten better and my skills have not risen to the challenge. Uh, uh, but yeah, I gave it a three and a half. He gave it a I gave five. It a five out of five, baby. Um, it's, it's just, it's a certified like great time 
I don't know. Mm. I, don't, I don't know how you could have a bad time watching this movie. I was bored. <laughs> but uh, let's get into our, our, our what we watched. The real other quick. stuff we watched. The other stuff we watched. All right. So for those of you who have never made it this far or are new to the podcast, the what we watch segment is is supposed to be a short little thing we do at the end. We'll see how short it is this time. Gosh, I watched short, so many a movies. A short little thing we do at the end where we talk briefly about all of the other movies we have watched since the last episode and yes. give some ratings quickly. Indeed. Um, uh, we're starting from the twenty fifth. Twenty well, twenty fourth. We recorded, so I, I actually well, we watched something. Of, we later talked that about day. Deadstream. I actually watched something later that day, Mike. <laughs> okay i watched so many movies okay um on the 24th of october in 2022 i watched the innocence uh which is a i'm trying to remember dutch film i believe yes um very interesting it's a thriller set like in an apartment complex from the perspective of children and it's very interesting the way it like it does very small-scale childhood horror, which I think is a very interesting thing to do for like a movie like this, and it works pretty well. Um, it lacked a lot of the tension that it really needed to make everything click, which is disappointing, but um, it still had some good child performances and some great world-building, so I enjoyed it. Um, but it is a bit of a slog to get through, unfortunately. Um, I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. And then on the 25th, I watched Host, um, which, didn't you watch this with me? I, I, I didn't think, did you not log it, I guess? Oh, I completely forgot to log it. <laughs> Dang. Um, yeah. I was, to be fair, I was working on something Yeah, I was about to say, you were, you were working on something when we watched Man, it. Man, I can't believe I completely forgot. What, what day was that? Uh, that was the 25th, as late on the 24th, um, so... Whichever one you want to log it as. Was, 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 did we log 25th. it on the 25th? 25th, yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, Host. It is a, um unfriended-esque kind of horror movie um, about a group of friends performing a, um, what is it, a seance? Yeah, seance via Yeah, they perform a seance because it's COVID yeah. and they're bored. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a really fun time. I think the, like scares work better than they probably should um the actor the, like the the entire cast really sells it um which is great for something like this i think it's i think it's and, and by the way we were I, I swear we watched crimson peak before we watched toast <laughs> no i have it i have it quite a bit afterwards dude that was late like later that day like but the we next watched day Oh, right. This was late. The, the yeah, this before. was late on the 24th. Okay, well, that anyway. We host. Anyway, I think the host is pretty pretty fun, pretty fine. And yeah, um, no, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, a little boring. I'm surprised at how like accurate its Zoom stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it, it seems like painstakingly uh, committed to being a Zoom movie, <laughs> which I can respect that. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this kind of a movie, and I didn't find yeah. it especially scary. Um, no, it does seem like more my thing, especially when we were watching it. I, I don't know. I'm a sucker for like found footage digital horror. I think it rocks. <laughs> See, and I like found footage, but when used in specific ways. I yeah. do not like most like no. This this is definitely a weaker use of like it. wow it's a zoom call <laughs> whoa 
like de- at least Deadstream had something interesting to use it for. Yeah, like no, they, they, I mean, de- it's no Deadstream, but <laughs> um, I gave it a four out of five. I thought it was pretty great. I gave it a three out of five. There you go. Um, on the 25th, also, I watched a bunch of stuff on the 25th. I finished the Cursed Films uh, series that Shudder did. It's a docu-series covering uh, supposedly like cursed film productions of horror movies. Um, it was a lot of fun. It it really like I don't know. It, it's surprisingly like layered and nuanced. Um, and I, I said in my review that it's a surprisingly like tasteful exploration of how people quantify um, and explain horrors and tragedies in their lives. Um, like they have to have something to point to, and that's what the whole docu series is basically about. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting like series, and the way it plays out, where it like questions the very notion of something being cursed, and how people perceive film productions and stuff like that. I don't know. Very very unique, very nuanced, and pretty amazing docu series. Um, cursed films. I gave it a four and a half <laughs> out of five. It was really good. Uh, then I watched a couple short films. I watched uh, Our First Priority, um, which my friend Kayla actually sent this over to me. She was shooting the behind-the-scenes documentary for mm-hmm. it, which I also watched. Um, I gave both of them a 4 out of 5. Um, her docuseries, or not docuseries, documentary uh, is called Devil in the Details, and it's very good. <laughs> I liked it. Um, and then later that day, uh, Karsten Runquist, who listeners of the podcast may know that I'm a big fan of his, <laughs> um, released his short film digitally, Dirtbag. Um, so it's finally out. People can watch it. I was um, one of the Kickstarter supporters for it. I have the poster in my room. Um, so I, I finally got to see it, and it rocks. I think it's my favorite thing that I've seen from him. It's really fun. It's um, a lot more elegant than his past work. Um, it's got great performances, lighting, cinematography. It's I don't know. It's it's the stuff I wanted Karsten to make with his previous films, and I, I think it works really well. I gave it a four and a half out of five. Nice. And then on the twenty fifth, what 25th, did we watch? Like, we watched Crimson Peak. It was yes. it was a rewatch for me while I was working a first watch for Abby. My first time seeing um, Crimson Peak. I'm, I don't know. I I love Del Toro. I'm, Who doesn't love Del Toro? I mean, Toro? I'm like I'm like the biggest Del Toro. <laughs> I was about fan to say I love there. Del Toro, and you're a bigger <laughs> Del Toro fan than I am. Uh, and I I absolutely adore this movie. <laughs> Again, this was a rewatch, and I think like I was I was curious on how it would go on a rewatch, and I think it works just as well, if not more. Um, there's something very classical feeling and very very engaging about this. Again, it feels very much like a love letter to gothic literature, which I especially appreciate. Um, and I don't know, like the production is great, the cast is fantastic, the story is really interesting. Yeah. I just, I love this movie. No, one thing I really wanted to shout out is how great the environmental storytelling is in this, and the production design and everything. Like it, that in in itself is like enough to praise this movie kind of endlessly because it's it's really brilliant, and in the way it goes about like. Um, progressing the uh, mansion design and everything like that and the way it uses reds. The, it's a crimson peak. I was about to say, the, the titular crimson peak. <laughs> it's it's really brilliant, and I don't know. It, it's not my favorite Del Toro, but it definitely is fantastic. Yeah, no, it's not my favorite Del Toro either, but I still just really, I absolutely love it. Uh, I give it a four and a half out of five. I also gave it a four and a half out of five. Very good. Um, and on the 26th, late on the 25th, really, I watched um, a film called Nightmare Cinema. It's a anthology horror film. 
Uh, I wanted to see it mainly because Joe Dante directed a segment of it, and I, I wanted to love it. I'm a big sucker for anthology films. I think they're just like kind of an awesome concept for a film. Um, but it just never really comes together in any significant way. Like, I like the ideas behind it. I like the idea for the killer. Um, who He doesn't really even really kill anyone in this. Um, and, you know, some of the shorts, like, segments have strokes of brilliance, but none of them really rise to being great in any way. Um, but I do I do like it. I had fun. Um, but it, it just never really gels in its different elements like it needs to. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and then on the 26th, I logged the ghoul log, which <laughs> is, isn't really worth mentioning. Yeah, it's like a Yule say, log, but it's a pumpkin. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was fun. I liked it. <laughs> um, how, how many did I watch? Oh, my goodness. Um, late on the 26th, I watched uh, a little indie horror film called Glorious which is a very uh, silly <laughs> and uh, kind of unexpectedly brilliant uh, little film. I don't know. It's it's cosmic horror, which I really enjoyed. Um, it's got basically just two people sitting around talking for like an hour and a half, which works way better than it probably should because one of the people is J.K. Simmons as like this celestial god <laughs> i don't know it's it's a really fun movie i i really liked it um horror stuff was really good the character stuff really hit for me um i gave it a four and a half go check out glorious if you're <laughs> old enough to watch it um yeah and then on i guess later the 20 on the 27th i watched uh Ernest scared stupid which for those unaware um jim varney plays Ernest in like a bunch of movies this is the Halloween one uh I guess (laughs) and um I don't know this one was a lot of fun they it's a fun like kids Halloween movie if that makes any sense like it's it manages to be like pretty macabre and spooky while also maintaining a really fun energy um I loved the makeup and costuming and lighting and everything the um like goblins and stuff look amazing they're all like animatronic rubbery kind of masks and i don't know they went all out i i imagine they probably spent like half of the budget for this movie on those costumes and they look so good um it's pretty breezy and it was fun i liked it um definitely my favorite of the Ernest series that i've seen so far so uh, i gave then, it a four out of five and then that night uh, i i had i was i had gone to the movies the movies and making the movies I'm making them uh, um <laughs> and i went and saw the woman king uh with Haley, uh my girlfriend and uh it was it was cool it was nice to see in theaters i'm glad i got to see it in theaters because i feel like at home it would not work as well but it, it feels like a very it feels like a very timeless blockbuster kind of thing. Like the, like the kind of the <laughs> kind of movie of the kind of movie that that wouldn't garner too much attention, but is just like solid. It's solid. It, it like I said, I put in my review that it, that it feels like it's from the before times when the average like theater run movie did things like look good and have a compelling story right um when you could you could just go out to the theater and expect good craft in your action movies right like because it's because it's not like the greatest thing in the world there was nothing especially standout besides probably like the performances but like 
when has Viola Davis given a bad performance? Right. <laughs> um, but like it's 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 fun. It's engaging. It's it, it, it's emotional. It's got great action. An outstanding cast. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it uh, after Houston Coley gave it such praise back yeah. after like when he watched it. Yeah, and I, I ended up giving it the same as him. I gave it a four out of five, which yeah. I think it's a very four out of five movie. It's 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 pretty pretty good. <laughs> Mike is like rock solid, baby. Yeah, like it's it's I don't know. Like a lot of people, I feel like nobody watched it, and that makes right. me kind of sad because this movie, like it, it was definitely good enough to like. Get some people watching it, man. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Later that night, I watched uh, another indie horror film called Night's End. It was pretty good. It never really comes together the way I wanted it to. Like, nothing really lands quite right. See, it looks he, amazing, see, Okay, so, so he's like, nothing really <laughs> lands quite right. It's not really what I wanted. Four, I mean, three and a half. <laughs> so I, I guess we can see how he might, after watching all of these, jump to five for Scream 3. Micah, Michael Shannon is in this movie, and he calls himself a cheese ball. <laughs> That's why it's a three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Night's End, three and a half. Pretty fun, <laughs> but not great. Um, and then after that, like later that day, we oh, watched... Oh, well, well, actually late that night oh, yeah. uh, on the 27th. I oh, was trying yeah. to trying to keep up. Uh, I watched The Cabin in the Woods in the for the woods. first time. Um, oh, yeah, The Cabin in the Woods. The, there's a the there. <laughs> it's not just A um, Cabin in the Woods, it's The which, Cabin which I've in heard, the Woods. Which I've heard really great things about The Cabin in the Woods. So I was I was a little disappointed because it wasn't like my favorite thing in the world i ended up writing it like exactly on average um but uh i love it when that happens i'm like oh dang i just gave it the exact rating it has on average but it's it's really really fun and i think that's got a lot of very interesting elements to it but it feels completely overshadowed by the fact that it feels like it has to hold your hand throughout the entire movie and that it's just not as it's, it's not as interesting as it thinks it is. Micah, what if the viewer misunderstands or doesn't get it? <laughs> what then? I don't. I literally don't know how that would be possible <laughs> with how they presented the information. But, uh, <laughs> like, it's it's fun, but it feels like it could have taken... Like, it, it feels like it could have taken everything. Like, the gore, the characters, the tropes, its comedy, its satire, its twist it, it feels like it literally could have taken everything a step further it's like is least. it like the scream of supernatural horror micah uh, uh, kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of it's doing something similar but not in any way or like the same execution yeah. no that's that's kind of been my perception of it where like scream is a very direct criticism of like it's, the slasher genre it's like scream but but like with a sci-fi supernatural <laughs> twist nice um, I can't wait to see it, honestly. Yeah, it's very interesting, just yeah. not as good as I was hoping it to be. I give it a three and a half out of five. There you go. And then uh, later that day, we watched Windle and Wild. Windle and Wild. <laughs> is that is that correct? I don't know. <laughs> um, new Henry Selleck movie. New Henry Selleck movie. We, written, in this house, we love Henry Selleck. <laughs> written by Jordan Peele and Henry Selleck. Yes. Jordan Peele. I... Man, I mean, I know everyone loves Jordan Peele, <laughs> but like he's su- he's such a brilliant screenwriter in the Jordan, way he works Jordan themes Peele, into his stuff. Jordan Peele acting again, which right? is interesting. He's great. Um, <laughs> Man, I don't know. This... Shout out to Jordan Peele for real. <laughs> 
This is an interesting one because I think it's got a lot of unique elements, especially in the canon of Henry Selick. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of stuff I really love about it. There's a lot of the comedy I really like. I oh, really the like, comedy's so fun. I really like Cat um, <laughs> as like a main character. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think this is probably very, very telling of the problems Henry Selick has in all of his movies. Um, yeah. Which I was hoping he would not have in this, being that Jordan Peele was also on the <laughs> writing team, and I know he can write a good movie. Yeah. Um, but it just feels very muddled, cluttered. I think it's a bit too ambitious. Distracted. It's way too ambitious. I love, I love what it does with all of its different things. Like, it touches on, like, the prison system and, like, anti-capitalism and stuff like that. But at the in same a very time, good way. But, but at the same it's, time, it's, it's, it's way every, too much. Every, yeah. <laughs> it tackles, that's, that's, it, ta- it tries to tackle way I think, too much. I think that's just, like, the best criticism, especially summing yeah. it up f- fast that you could give about this movie, <laughs> is that it's just way too overly ambitious. It does way too much. And while most of those elements, like, they were, are interesting... Yeah. Yeah. cool uh and i want to see more of them and i like i liked the world and the characters mm-hmm. it just feels extremely muddled and i got pretty much zero emotional investment or payoff of anything in this movie that's fair i i don't know i i found i thought it was pretty emotional um to to an extent um but henry Selick's films have always kind of struck me in a weird way his yeah. his best stuff like is like stuff like Coraline well, and like Nightmare I, Before I put, Christmas. I put in my review that Coraline works as well as it does because I really don't think Henry Selleck on the whole is like that great of a director no. or writer, honestly. He's fine. His movies have a good um, feel to them. His usually. movies have good atmosphere, but yeah. I feel like he would be better. Like, I don't know. He needs, <laughs> I don't know. He, he feels better as like a person helping <laughs> a person funny. with a strong he shouldn't vision. be at the wheel i don't know but uh the reason Coraline works so well is because it's taking a style but like putting it through the absolute tightest possible lens yeah Coraline is a very focused story same with nightmare before christmas it's very focused on just jack's like and the, stuff and the reason this one doesn't work as well and james and the giant peach doesn't work as well <laughs> and just like uh, like a lot of his a lot of the problems that come through in his movies are just because they're trying to do too much yeah there's too many elements it does not focus on anything strong enough to get me that invested i will say i i say there's too much here but the way it's woven together is very impressive like uh, all of the different themes the way they come together with the characters is very cool and cohesive and like surprisingly great and the animation looks fantastic the animation of course. Mm, it looks um, great i, I gave it, it i give it a three and a half out of five i give it a four out of five solid movie man solid, solid picture solid uh mm. picture <laughs> um and then On later the 29th. yes i was gonna say later that night but i guess maybe it was the 29th i don't remember uh, but yes we watched it was movie. later it was later that night but yeah we, we watched it later we rented a movie mike we rented <laughs> Goosebumps, the 2015 yes. Jack Black movie. Uh, it's actually a Rob Letterman film, the director of Detective Pikachu, Micah. It's a, but, it's a, but it's still a Jack Black movie. <laughs> no, it, <it's, laughs> honestly, Jack Black might be the highlight here. Robbie, I mean, director of Club Oscar. Club Oscar, my boy. <laughs> Featuring Robert De Niro, oh, Martin gosh. Scorsese, and Will Smith. Um, you know, I will say the big, big thing to really shout out about Goosebumps is how smartly it handles adapting the Goosebumps canon. Like, it's such a unique way to do, like, 
this concept. Like, if you told someone to make a Goosebumps movie, this is, like, the coolest possible outcome, yeah, no, I think. I think. I think it's a really <laughs> smart way to take a Goosebumps adaptation, save from, like, just doing an actual Yeah, Goosebumps just, like, straight adaptation. up. Yeah, straight up adapting one of the books. Because um, like, I, I think the book, ad- yeah, I was about to say, the book adaptations are hard to do well. Most yeah. of the people who have adapted the books, the movies are... I don't know, pretty whatever. I like I the think, series, actually, but again, that's a lot smaller um, yeah, in scale. exactly. Those are like one-off mysteries, mm-hmm. short little episodes that keep it very concise and fun. Yeah. Uh, but this is a, a really unique, interesting way to take the Goosebumps idea, and Jack Black is really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, no, oh, wait, I was about to say he's great The here. effects look surprisingly good in this. The effects, most of them aged pretty well. Like, there's a couple where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, but like, most of them look pretty solid. But I don't know, for, like, a 2015 Goosebumps movie, this looks better than I thought it would. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mainly the Yeti just doesn't look that great. <laughs> but everything else is pretty solid. I liked it. I give it a three and a half out of five. I give it a four out of five. I, I think wow, it's you're a, just throwing out fours. I think it's a it was breezy, it was fun, it was funny. Um, Easy breezy. The beautiful. character stuff doesn't work all the time. Like yeah. the main the main characters are honestly probably the most boring part of this, but I think it's fun. I give it a four out of five. It's good. <laughs> um and then uh, I watched later that day. I don't know what that was. Lighting shifted. <laughs> <laughs> um later that day or well later on the 30th i watched um psycho Goreman, which is another indie horror film <laughs> or quite a few um that came out this no 2020 i was gonna say this year came out in the 2020s at the very least um but psycho Goreman, uh fun movie uh very childish awesome puppet work solid comedy and lots of gore so I enjoyed it. What is called Psycho Gorman? I said, um, in a more ideal world, this is what most superhero films would be like. <laughs> Just like little fun little romps with like people with outrageous powers doing fun shenanigans <laughs> and turning people into giant puppet brains. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I say make make them sillier, make movies sillier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I give Psycho Gorman a four out of five. And then I watched Adam's Family Two. It is a bad movie. Um, it is slightly better than the first one, mainly because they don't have as many human characters. The human characters are so annoying <laughs> in both of them, man. It, it's just so bad. I, I feel so sorry for anyone who got roped into making the Adams Family movies, the modern ones. They're just not good. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. Every time I see them, I'm surprised Illumination didn't make them. Right. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, it's... The, the art direction is just so ugly for for both of those movies. And this one looks marginally better and is a little more palatable because it's not as, I don't know, it's not as grating as the first one because it's not as focused on like, oh, the Addams Family, they're so weird. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> why, am I, why am I giving it this much time? Addams <laughs> Family 2, two and a half. Uh, not, um, not great. On the 30th, uh, I watched also uh, Hush. Hush. Uh, it was a rewatch. Mike Flanagan. Flanagan. Who doesn't like the Hush? The Flanaman. It's fun. I honestly <laughs> forgot. Like I, almost, uh, like, I don't know. It feels weird still to me that it's rated R, and I, I honestly <laughs> forgot that there was like a lot of blood in it. Yeah, or dude, um, it's, it's, it's pretty bloody, honestly. And then we got to like some of like the blood and like the gore and her fingers getting all messed up at that one part and i was like oh yeah <laughs> no it made me it made me a little squeamish the first time i watched hush i was like Ooh. <laughs> but a uh, very good movie i think it i don't know I, I rated this higher than most people i know i feel like it's pretty darn effective at everything it does it's very simple so yeah. i understand people not liking it as much but i think as a story 
it's very well rounded. I give it a four and a half out of five. Flanagan's such a good writer, man. <laughs> and a really good director. <laughs> I need to I need Again, to watch I, some of the Hill House and Bly Manor I, stuff. I still find it really funny to me for some reason that he used <laughs> the story he was actually working on, Midnight Mass, as the story that the character was writing. <laughs> good stuff, man. Um, yeah, while Micah was watching a Mike Flanagan film, I was sitting at home watching Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, which is marginally better than the first one, I will say. Um, I know a lot of people I follow really didn't like this and thought it was just kind of like corporate schlop kind of thing. Um, but it, I thought it was fun. It had a fun personality to it, which is a rare thing to say for any modern Disney movie. Um, it's it's pretty much carried by like its fun designs and main cast, which I was so glad the, like, the main sisters were not as... like annoying in this one like they're so grating in the first one i, I can barely stomach hocus pocus <laughs> but this this one's slightly better i thought it was fun um that, that literally my entire review is fun <laughs> that was the whole thing um but yeah no it was pretty good i like the book design it's cool <laughs> i gave it a three and a half out of five Wow. And then uh we watched scream three then we watched last scream night three last night and i loved it it was, so, it was so good. And I thought it was fine. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm right. Maybe I just, like, have watched too many mid-movies and then watched an actual, like, Wes Craven p- picture, you know? And I was like, <laughs> ah. I don't know. It, it's just such a... It's such a fond... It's such a fond memory, even just looking back on it now. <laughs> it's such a fun movie. Uh, go watch Scream 3. Go, go watch the whole Scream go franchise, watch Scream. maybe. Go watch Scream. Yeah. Go watch Scream. Go watch The Woman King in theaters to support it. Ooh, go watch Wendell and Wild on Netflix. Also to support it. Yes. Go watch Crimson Peak. Ooh. Watch watch some good Halloween stuff. Yeah. We're gonna watch some stuff too. We gotta, we, gotta watch, we gotta watch Over the Garden Wall. I'm very tempted to try and watch either Halloween or Halloween Town today. <laughs> uh, Something with Halloween in the title. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, <laughs> enjoy your Halloween. Um, stay safe out there. Stay safe. Spooky season is spooky, and spooky <laughs> movies are fun. Indeed. Go listen to the Over the Garden Wall episode. Definitely. <laughs> uh, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yep. Or will we? Mm-hmm. <laughs>